I'm Kier from In Defense of, a fandom inclusion and community podcast that's part of the Gun and Geek Network, just like the show you're checking out now. Shows on this network are individually owned, and the opinions expressed may not reflect others. Find other really interesting geeky shows at gunageeknetwork.com. lovely people in internet land and welcome to episode 84 of Game Life Balance Australia. I'm your host Robert Bailey and I'm joined as always by Australia's first astronaut Andrew A.C. Yoshimura. Look, getting up there turns out space pretty easy. Mm -hmm. You know there's quite a lot of space. There is. That's why it's called space. (laughs) Yeah. Jokes. Yeah. Earth though kind of small in comparison to space. Mm. So if you get up there and you think, oh, look over there, look over there, look at, oh, those stars are pretty lit. Oh, hang on. Where's that big, big thing? Ocean with land mm-hmm. bits in it. I can't see it. It's the coming back that's the hard part. Look, yeah, I mean, like landing, oh, cinch. But, you know, if you just start wandering around up there, mm-hmm. it's pretty easy to get lost. <laughs> lost in space. Well, the problem is there's no road maps mm-hmm. and there's no roads. Yes. And there's also true. no maps either. <laughs> so, as you can imagine... Things just start to look the same after a while. Yeah, everything starts to look black and kind of... It turns out that I just had, like, all my windows were fogged up and the earth was just right there in front of me. But that's <laughs> not the point. Don't poke air holes in your spaceship either. No. <laughs> you think, oh, I need a demystifier. I'll yeah. just let some of the air out. Yeah. <laughs> Good stuff. I'm pretty sure that's how Apollo 13 went, went wrong. Oh, yeah. No, Someone, no, no. There was, there was a hole. down the window to let in some fresh air and... <laughs> Everything went south. Do you miss the windows? <laughs> yeah. Poke air holes in your spaceship so it can breathe. Sure. Very important. I'm sure there's an Irish joke we could construct if we sat down and thought about it hard enough. Oh, basically. look. Screen door on the spaceship or something? I don't know. We'll get there. We'll workshop <laughs> prob- Look, whatever spaceship the Irish can come up with is probably still going to be better than the spaceship an Australian can come up with. Isn't that just like someone, like a drunk guy on a hot air balloon that just strayed too close to the sun? <laughs> I think. Yes, that's probably technically the first it's Australian like astronaut. Icarus, but with alcohol. <laughs> there was actually a guy in the nineties who went up. Right. Okay. Uh, I think I think his name may have been Andrew or something like that. Mm, uh, yeah. Interesting coincidence, Very, perhaps. Yeah, this was the nineties, though. Yeah, back then anything could happen. Uh, not, mean, like, yeah. not like the normal good old twenty nineteen, when nothing weird or unusual ever happens. No, to no, no. I mean, you know, yeah. I mean, back then there was a Russian space station up there called Mir. That's right. And all you did was you went up there and floated around and got shouted out at Russian and then went came back down. We can probably do that for free. I wonder what this is. For this political podcast, Andrew, maybe we should get into the the relationship between Russia and, and, and Australia and whether that's improved or, or gotten worse <laughs> since since 1998 or so. I don't actually know the answer to that. I don't know. Uh, it's probably just about as the same as it was back then. It was probably better back then because yeah. Boris Yeltsin was in power and he was... He was great. Yeah, he was fantastic. <laughs> he was a drunk. I know nothing about the man or his policies. For all I know, he could have done Russia or a lot of bad things, a lot of probably, but Yeah, probably. But once again, he was a drunk. Yeah. So, you know. that, in Australia, <laughs> that makes you a bloody legend. Hawky. Exactly. I think the number one reason people like Hawkey is because they know that he could, he could drink a beer real quick. Yep. Um, Sadly passed away. 
Vale Hockey. I know. Uh, and speaking of space, mm-hmm. um, we have actually, you know, donned our spacesuits. That's right. We have decided to do a space simulator. It's 100% one to one realistic. Yeah, it's like Kerbal, but and, Oh, hang on. No. No, it's, it's called Bit Blaster. It's like asteroids. But not triangular. Triangular. No, triangular is a word. It is a fine word. It means like of the substance of triangles. Right. Like there are little pieces of triangles within triangles, which are actually squares because it's pixels. Triangular. Please forgive me. Gnul. Just like the just like the word rectangular. Gnul. And polyangular. I love polyangonals. I like polyamory. Um, (laughs) And poly. So many questions. The police? No, we did that last week. No, we Boy, did we do the police. Mm-hmm. Boy, howdy. I would say so, those polygons were popping. <laughs> God. Oh, yes, a, um, like an 8-bit-inspired sex simulator. Mm-hmm, that's what we need. Yeah, with the police. Yes. But until we develop that game and <laughs> release our Kickstarter for that, it's coming we soon. are doing Bit Blaster XL. That's right. Which was a game released in 2016 for the platform of Steam yes. on the personal computer. That's right. It's a personal computer game. It is indeed. Uh, I stumbled across this... Because I'm a cheapskate, and I was on Steam looking for extremely cheap games that were not, you know, like a free-to-play, like hentai, like match three game and stuff like that. And there's a lot of those if you're interested. Um, you know what? I'm really not. They'll give them away. <laughs> I'm really not interested in match um, three hen- hentai games. Uh, how about a breakout game where the background is hentai? We played that last week. Damn, we did. <laughs> Literally, that was Let's Go Miniskirt Police. Well, there's a lot more of them now, and they're all on Steam. Oh, um but I found in amongst in amongst all that gold, I see, I found this little needle in a haystack, uh-huh. which is this. Uh, Rob, this, how many how many of these hentai games did you play? I did not play any of them, Macy, because I'm a good Christian boy. Ah, uh, <laughs> no. <laughs> we'll discuss off air. Oh, we will. Yes, we'll discuss off air. No, um, uh, I just haven't been looking on Steam. Mm. Like usually, if I go to Steam, there's something specific can, that I want. Can I tell you honestly? Yeah, there's 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 only one thing holding me back from buying hentai games on Steam, and that's the fact that like everyone else that I know will know that I've bought it and played it. <laughs> unless I turn off, unless I turn off all those settings that like oh no one can see my like my, my well, you have games I own and no one can a see. New username, which is just Rob XXXX or something. <laughs> Sexy Rob. That's my just, name. You should actually. It should be mm-hmm. not Rob from Game Life Balance Australia. <laughs> that should be your username. And then it's just all like. And everyone actually, everyone will see that and think, "Oh, that's probably AC." Yeah, it's just Galgun and a whole bunch of those like hentai. Oh, <laughs> yeah. Galgun. A whole lot of uh, what do they call them? Um, what are those games called? The romantic, like pick a uh, choose your own adventure, and it's really bad. Um, uh, visual novels. Visual novels. Thank you. Yeah. Thank you. I will. Admit- I'm sure there are some that are good, but I haven't. I, I don't own too many of these sorts of games, mm. but I did get Galgun. Okay. Uh, because I found it very cheap and because I'd heard them talk about it on uh, the Giant Bombcast, I yeah. think, or something like that. Yeah, yeah. And I went, it can't be that bad because <laughs> it's been released in Australia or like it's got a Western release. So how bad could it? Oh, it's actually pretty bad. Like it's like it's bad, but it's not. Again, we're getting off topic here. But yeah. I, I, would, I would put it in a similar category to uh, Let's Go Miniskirt Police in the sense of like. Yeah, it's like pretty offensive and objectifying women, but 
it's like you could ha- you could do a lot worse. You, know? you could. Oh, there are worse things yeah. out there than Galgun. But oh my gosh, at, yes. at the same time, I don't know. I just. Uh, I, I was just kind of curious. Yeah, it's look. It's and a bit I was thinking, oh, <laughs> this could be something we could do for the podcast. And yeah. then I played it and went, I just don't actually feel right about doing this for the podcast. Fair enough. That's fair enough. Look, it's no, it's no Pippi even, and Bibi. No, even I have my limits. It turns out. <laughs> so, uh, how much is this uh, winner of a, yeah. a banger of a game? Well, go see, for? I'm blown. I was blown away because I saw the price tag. It was a dollar fifty. Yeah, and that's dollar fifty Australian. So it's probably so. just like a dollar on like. In the US currency, yeah, it's exactly. It's they probably just give it to you. Uh, they give you. They give you money to play. They this just game. give it to. You. No, they don't give you money to play this game. That's not. That's accurately. That's not accurate. But what they do do is charge you dollar fifty. And I was like really curious because I was like, well, let's have a look at the reviews, and they're all like overwhelmingly positive. So I was like, okay. And I read some of them, and they were like, this game is a steal. It's worth way more than a dollar fifty. And I was like, okay. Well, that's so cheap that I may as well get it because I. I waste more money than that like every hour that I'm alive <laughs> so um, I may as well you know throw down a dollar fifty yeah. and um, yeah, it was really fun and so I, I, I played it for about you know 20-30 minutes and thought this might be a game for the podcast potentially so it's it's a very simple game it is very simple but I thought that it's such a bargain that we might as well uh, talk about it a little bit yeah so. I threw down a dollar fifty as well and I bought a copy of it yeah so basically it is a Look, it is pixel graphics. Yes. It's a pixel graphics shoot-em-up. Yes, but it's limited to one screen. Mm-hmm. And so it's kind of like asteroids. Yeah. Uh, yes. Across ge- geometry wars, yeah, I kind of want to say. That's the best reductive way to get to what this game is. Yeah. Uh, so there are, there are lots of enemies on the screen. Uh, it starts pretty light and then it gets faster and heavier and more enemies. Yeah. And you can get power-ups along the way. Yeah, yeah. This little ship, you're always boosting. Unlike asteroid, you don't have to hit the boost button, but no. you, but you can speed up and slow down. Um, uh, natively, auto fire is turned on. Yeah, and uh, little starts off with little like asteroid things coming on, and you blow them up. And so, the bigger ones, when you blow them up, they break up into little pieces. Mm. And then different enemy like rocket ships start coming on and shooting at you. Um, and then bigger ships and and like more varieties they of different ships. up and then there are ones that fire at you in homing missiles. and Yeah. Yeah, so it's pretty fun. So you're always moving forward. That's right. There is a break to slow you down, but you can't stop. You and can't you can stop. And you can boost if you want. I've yeah. never really used that feature. Mm. But the conceit of this game is that you have limited ammunition. Yeah, that's right. You've got 100, 100 ammo yeah. and um, uh, your standard gun depletes it pretty slowly it'll go boo 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 um but then if you get a uh, like a power up mm. like for example and there's, there's a lot of them yeah so like there's a one- lot of a lot of power ups come onto screen every time you kill an enemy mm. they give you a power up yeah more or less you get you get they, they drop regularly no not power ups uh but the oh the ammo the yeah every ammo, time you yeah. kill an enemy yeah. it drops ammo like yeah. a little green like like blob and you collect that and that tops up your ammo yeah um and when you get a power up it depletes your ammo and if your ammo runs to zero with a power up then you lose that power up. Yeah. So, um, and some of the power ups deplete your ammo pretty rapidly, um, which is fair to say. Yeah, and th- there's a bit of variety. Like, there's a lot. I won't rattle off all of them, but there's things like there's a like a laser beam that sticks out the front of your ship. I think yeah. that's your and mine's favorite. Yeah, that's our. Fa- it's kind of like a lightsaber mm. because it's limited in range, and it's just like a big glowing kind of laser beam that comes out the front, yeah. and it just slashes all the enemies. Yeah, like, you it swipe it across kill. enemies, and it yeah. instantly kills whatever it hits. And it's great, but it, of course, it does suck away your ammo quite a lot. So you got to keep picking it up. Yeah, there's like a flame shot that's. Mm. Also for limited range and sort of anything it touches blows them up, but it's a bit slower and 
It kind of lasts on screen a bit. Yeah, which, which is pretty cool. Uh, um, there are homing missiles. There are yeah. ones that bounce around the screen. There are ones that explode in like a big blue pattern. And anything that gets caught up in that explosion um, gets vaporized. Yeah. So, look, it's all pixel graphics. It looks nice. Yeah, like, it does. Uh, it's, it's not... It's, uh, it's still... I don't know. I reckon this game might be possible on, say, a Super Nintendo. That's right. The graphics look... Not, yeah, look not, not an NES, but... Yeah. The graphics look 8-bit or even, like, older. But but the the fact that there's so much happening on screen would require way more memory... It would, yeah. ...than, than a, an old 8-bit or, or earlier... Yeah. machine would be able to to handle it's certainly invoking that that time though absolutely i mean it's it's quite it's quite obviously wearing its its like inspiration on its on its sleeve yeah. um it's quite clearly trying to make you feel like those old coin sucks that from the 80s um so the other gimmick of this game is uh if you die you can pretty much restart straight away from the beginning so it's kind of run based like see how far you can get and yeah. you can unlock new ships that's right the way you unlock new ships is that you have to collect coins that will randomly appear mm-hmm. when you kill enemies yeah and it's actually pretty slow to collect these yeah it takes a little while um mm. your first ship i think only costs like 10 coins maybe yeah um and then it kind of scales up so you know the most expensive ship in the game is 100 coins I remember um, like playing three rounds and not seeing a single coin for the first few times. Yeah, it took and then me a going while. like, how do I get that? And then mm. they start appearing after a while. Yeah, and then you know the more enemies that appear on screen and the more you kill, the more, the bigger the chances are that you know one of them will drop a coin. Eventually, you get these big gold asteroids, and if you blow them up, it drops four coins. Yeah, um, but you know that's. I don't want to say end game, but it's, it's like the game at that point. It's pretty hard to stay alive. Yeah, when definitely. those things start appearing. Mm. Um, but the ships have different shields, and like so, some ships have like. You know, like three or four shields, so you can get hit a few times before you die. Yeah, there's one and ship that has no shields. Yeah, um, and that's it's a very nimble ship, and it has a lot of like speed and other like advantages going for mm. it. But um, yeah, and so you just sort of pick the ship that fits your playstyle. Some are faster and slower. Some have more shields, less shields, more bombs. Yeah, there's a bomb button as well. Like most most shoot 'em ups, I think have yeah, this feature. It'll clear the screen. Yeah, you hit the button, and it'll clear the bullets off the screen as well, which is really good. Yeah, so if you're in trouble um, and 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 you remember to hit the bomb button, which, <laughs> which is always the tricky forget. part. Um, yeah, you can clear the screen using a bomb. So. Um, it's a pretty simple shooter, but it reminds me a lot of the shooters I used to play back in the day with all those power-ups yeah, and stuff. The and fact that you can just jump straight in again mm. is really good. Yes. The moment you die, you can pretty much hit start and you're back in the game. And the yeah. reason why you keep, even though you start from the beginning every time, the reason why you want to keep playing is to unlock the next ship. Yeah. Some The bigger ships are slower and they might be less maneuverable but they do have stronger shields but as you progress through the ships and unlock more of them mm. you can get some pretty um, pretty good upgrades you know like the, the ships can be very fast mm. and they can have a shield mm. or several shields like so you can take several hits and like several bombs you can kill and you can collect some more shields and bombs throughout the levels if you're lucky yeah uh, so you can we survived to a point where like these little kind of black hole things were coming on the screen and that's right uh, they were like asteroids with like red bullets sort of circling around yeah that we couldn't kill unless mm. we unless we were very precise or used a bomb or something like that mm. so yeah it got it got pretty hectic towards the end we unlocked all the ships bar the final ship that's right uh, which was a hundred coins, which yeah. would take ages and ages to get. But so. yeah, I might, I might power through that one day and, and try and get that. Yeah, because I mean, I don't think if you sort of looked at your, um, we haven't got it in front of us, but I'm sure if you looked at your Steam library, it would it would probably say you only played it for a couple of hours to get to get 
unlock all that stuff. Yeah. So there's not that much to see, but you're going to get like probably three or four hours worth of fun out of this game for a dollar fifty. That's a pretty good value proposition. I think. In Australia, that's like mm. an arcade. That's like one and a half credits at the arcade. Yeah, yeah. So, so definitely. Um, just in terms of like hours of fun, two dollars. It's a really great um, yeah. ratio. <laughs> so uh, this kind of inspired me to play uh, for for both of us really to play Ge- Geometry Wars. So yeah. I, I, I dug out my old uh, Xbox three hundred and sixty, mm-hmm. and I actually have Geometry Wars on a disc. Yeah, which you went how? Oh, I think the full that name is out of disc. I did. I think the full name is Geometry Wars Retro Something Two. So yeah. I'm not sure whether that's the first Geometry Wars or the second, but we played that one, um, and that was a lot of fun. Yeah, yeah. that's still a great game. Mm. So it just it was, I was it was kind of inspired to play Geometry Wars again, and it <coughs> excuse me, and it turns out it is a bit of a different game. Like mm. it it really Bit Blaster XL did invoke that feeling of Geometry Wars, but when mm. I went back from playing um, Bit Blaster straight to Geometry Wars, mm. it turns out. They were, um, you know, they are actually quite different, but I yeah. can see how they you could, you know, get from one to the other. You can see the comparison because with, okay, so the major difference is that Geometry Wars is a dual stick shooter and um, yeah, uh, Bit Blaster is not. Yeah, and the graphics are very different as well. Oh yeah, you absolutely. Know, the, the, you know, the the conceit is, you know, the shooting mechanics are, other than that, kind of similar. Yeah, but the thing is that with, with similar thing is that Geometry Wars locks you in. It has a wall around the level, so yeah. you can't actually leave this little arena. Um, and Bit Blast has a similar thing, except in Bit Blast, you die if you hit the yeah, wall. Yeah, that is the thing. In like, Geometry Wars, you don't die. If you hit the wall, you, the wall. you die. You just bounce yeah. in Geometry Wars. Um, so so that was, we had a pretty good night tonight. Yeah, uh, just, just playing some, some old shoot em ups. Some shooters. Yeah. So it was fun. Uh, they're not so, complex games, but heck. They're fun. Know? Yeah. Which is, you know, sometimes you've just got to remind yourself that's why we play video games, you know. Just just go and play a game you love that's simple on and off. That's mm. why we love games. That's it. So would you um, would you recommend Bit Blaster XL? I think I would. It's one of those ones where <sighs> there's not many people that wouldn't be able to play this. It's a very approachable game, you know. Like some of the games I play and recommend are very obscure. <laughs> um, but this is this is not one. This is, I think broad mass appeal ac mass appeal for this game indeed um from ages 8 to 80 or whatever you know um probably even younger i think a four-year-old could probably play this game without too much trouble Hmm. um and for a dollar fifty geez it's hard to go past it so i'd almost i almost feel like everyone ought to go out and throw down a dollar and (laughs) give this game a go if you're if you're at all interested in shooting ups if you're old enough to remember those old arcade games you'll you'll definitely enjoy this one Hmm. um so yeah i recommend it hmm how about you, AC? Um, yeah, I got to say, for the price, yeah. the value proposition is is a bit hard to go past on this one. It's um, easy to play, difficult to master, so it does kind of remind me of those old arcade games to a certain extent because it is run based. See how far you can get. Yeah, it's high scores, isn't it? Yeah, sort of yeah, I don't know if there is an end screen or a kill screen. The mm. truth is, there's not a lot of information out there about this game. No, there's like, not. It, it's it's popular with the people who have bought it. Yes, and took a chance on it for a dollar <laughs> yeah, fifty. Yeah. And you know, and and everyone who's bought it has loved it, but it just hasn't reached that kind of. It hasn't jumped that fence over into wide 
a you know mass appeal that you know oh yeah I've heard about that game yeah I wanted to give it a go I think that's because it's a pretty humble game it's not doing anything particularly new no or particularly um, fancy for that matter no. but it is it is as you said it's just fun to play they set out so, to make a shooter and they made it yeah mm. a, re- a retro looking shooter I would recommend this game for a dollar fifty. I, you know, there are people out there who I'm sure will say, oh, it's worth more than that. And I reckon it's just the right price yeah. to, to for people to play this game. Yeah, because if, like, we talked about this, and if it was $5, I'd probably still say it was a fun game, mm. but I would be less excited about it. I'd be less sort of like, oh, go get it now. Yeah. The fact that it's so cheap... The value is proposition is good. Is really in its favour. So um, yeah. yeah. So so give BitBlasters or BitBlaster XL a go if you... Um, if you're so inclined to play a shooter on Steam, like a bit of a retro one, mm-hmm. I'm sure there are some videos on on YouTube somewhere where you could probably check it out first and see what we're talking about. Yeah. That's uh, two recommendations from AC and Rob. Now it's time for Yo Life. AC. Yeah. My oh. good man. Yes. My good sir. Good sir, indeed. Have you been playing Garms or Games or Gams? Games. Yeah, I'm not sure how to pronounce that word. I saw, I've seen it written a lot, but I've never said it out loud. No, never. Certainly not on Gamer. Difae badance osutoradida. Perfect. Yep, I've got that down. Nailed it. Nailed it indeed. I have actually been playing a few games, but mm-hmm. I was a little bit sick last weekend, but not. It was the kind of sick that if I was sick at work, I would stay at work and mm. just feel miserable and keep working. Yeah, yeah. Um, you know, your throat was sore and I was feeling lethargic, but you know, I was, I was, I could have worked, and I would have if I was at work. But you weren't incapacitated. No, and I was at home, so I was like, kind of going, oh, and, my, and my wife's been a bit sick for the past couple of weeks as well. Yeah, yeah. Which has been unfortunate, and so, you know, and we both have, you know, we've obviously got our. Our um, two, almost three-year-old. That's right. She's getting bigger. She is getting very... She's got very long legs. (laughs) And she's very... Needs a lot of attention, or wants a lot of attention. Yes. We noticed that tonight, actually. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, So, I I have been able to steal away a few hours and uh, and played a couple of games. Mm -hmm. Uh, I guess in the past few days, I have been focusing on BitBlaster XL, because it's just so easy to play. Yeah. In terms of, like, pick up and just, you know, play for 10 minutes, 20 minutes. I actually played for about an hour just trying to unlock more of the ships. And, you know, it's just like, I'll just unlock the next ship and then play a bit more of that ship just to see what it's like. And then I ended up unlocking, like, four of them or something like that. So that was a a good time. And uh, I didn't have to think too much while I was doing it, which is always good. That is good, yes. My poor ailing brain. It's a pretty brainless game, Mm. this one. Mm. Um, so I have been playing more Gianna Sisters. Oh, cool. Yeah. Gianna Sisters. I keep saying it both ways just in case I'm wrong either way or right either way. I'm not sure. Uh, yeah. I want to say Gianna. But everyone just... says Gianna, but I don't know. I'm skeptical, but that's just me. <laughs> um, look, I have been really enjoying that game. I got to the end of world three and mm. of four worlds and I'm up to the boss fight. Now, the thing about the boss fights in this game is that I'm not sure whether fun is the right word. Like, it takes a little while to work out what you need to do. Yeah. And the problem is, after you work out what you need to do, it's a very slow kind of, you've got to wait for the right circumstances to happen before you can, like, hit them. Mm. And so the problem with this is that 
if you make a couple of mistakes, then you're pretty much boned. Mm, mm. So I, I knew exactly what to do when I've got this this boss down to one life out of three because I all take three hits because video games. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> uh, and I'm fighting this big motherfucking dragon and I keep getting very close, but I keep just not connecting that last hit that I need to do. Yeah, Yeah, because, like, there's lots of things that I need to do to make the circumstances work. Mm. Like, because you can switch between worlds. When the dragon fires something at you, like, just say it's either going to be red or blue. Mm. And then he, like, spins around, like, an arc of fire. And that's when you want to change from uh, the world from red to blue. Right. Um, so the if it's a red, red, like mm-hmm. this fireball and the arc of fire, which he's spitting, hits mm. the red, it's not going to do anything. Right. But if you switch it so it's a red kind of fireball or meteor that's following you and that goes blue, mm. then it cancels it out and then you've just got this rock and you just need to bop the rock and it falls on the head ah, okay. of the dragon. Right. And doing that four times when the floor is on fire... And the roof is on fire, and everything's on fire. <laughs> it actually, and the and the meteor chases you around the level, mm. like the the screen. Yeah, yeah. Actually, pretty tricky. Okay. So it's one of those things that I really want to get back to and finish mm. and kill this bloody dragon because I've gotten so close. But at the same time, I don't want to get frustrated at the game. Yeah, yeah. I don't want to go. Ah, oh, I fucking hate this. It's just that it's so. It takes such a long time to get those hits in. Yeah. Like there's such a sequence beforehand to do it. Mm. So I'm still enjoying that game. Um, I really, really enjoyed it so far. I just want to keep playing it. So I'll get back to that at some stage. Okay. Uh, my dad has been over recently cool. uh, and his wife as well. They came down from Coffs Harbour. Uh, and she uh, had never been in VR before. So I, oh, I stuck her in uh, and cool. gave her the uh, VR Worlds, a PSVR Worlds. That's probably the best tour. introduction. It yeah. is, yeah. So she did the, um, uh, what do you call it? The underwater adventure. Yeah, yeah, yeah. You yeah. know, where there's a shark attacks you. There's no movement. There's nothing you can really do except look around and the shark attacks you and... Mm. Or the cage you're in, which is pretty cool. Yeah. Uh, so she really enjoyed that. And then the luge. Oh, yeah, the luge is good. Yeah, going yeah. down the hill with all the cars coming at you and stuff like that. And my dad loves that game. Mm. Like, so she played it and she got to, like, the third level, I think, once. Right. And then dad went in there and he had, like, five or six goes or something like that. <laughs> and, you know, kind of got up there as well. So, yeah, That's cool. Yeah, that actually kind of has taken to one of these games. Yeah, he really has. I think he's yeah. just impressed by, you know, what kind of... The promise of VR from the 90s mm. is kind of only coming to fruition like 20 years later. Yeah, and it's it's kind of neat because I think it does have a broader appeal than just gamers because you, you, it's impressive technology. When you see it happening, it, uh, it it sort of sticks with you. Yeah. Yeah. It really does. And so I decided to show, because even my dad knows how to play Tetris, mm. but he doesn't like playing Tetris. Right. Um, so I did actually show him Tetris and just said, you know, this is what the, the latest Tetris is like. It's really mm. cool. And he goes, oh, yeah, it is pretty cool, but I don't want to stack blocks on top of other blocks. Sure. So, you know, <laughs> but the fact that he knows what Tetris is is probably pretty impressive for him i suppose because he's never been a big fan of of tetris i actually i actually wonder if i asked my parents what tetris was if they would know i might experiment with that and get back to you about that that is a good experiment because i think i remember the very first time i played a game boy of course i played tetris and at the time i went i don't want to play a puzzle game but then i played and i went okay this game is cool yeah i would have been about 10 at the time yeah i always kind of nine or ten i loved playing tetris but didn't Mm -hmm. like the idea of tetris no me too it was like the most boring game that i owned but it was also like 
one of the best. Yeah. And it sort of annoyed me that like... Like, I don't want to play a puzzle game. I want this, to play an action game. stupid Simpsons platformer I've got for my Game Boy that is, like, objectively friggin' terrible. <laughs> I want to play that more because it has more of a plot and a story and, like, a th- and stuff going on than Tetris did, you know? Yeah, like, it's I, so true. It's funny how, like, as a kid, like, the theme is a big is a big deal for, f- yeah. for you. Because um, I always wanted to play action games and platformers and shooters. Yeah. Because that's what, you know, young boys want to do. Mm. They don't want to play a puzzle game, but after they play it and they go, this is fun, yeah, I guess. I'll, I'll play Tetris if it's the only game here. Mm. And then you play it for like hours. Yeah. So I remember playing that back in the day and I remember even my dad being a bit interested in it. And mm. I, I, I sort of remember him playing it as well. I didn't actually own one for several years after that. But Right, okay. But uh, I think we were over at like at a, a friend of a friend's house or something. Hmm. So that was, you know, that's basically what's been going on with me. I've been watching E3 a bit. Oh, yeah. You've been paying attention to that a bit? Yeah, mm. mostly through Giant Bomb mm-hmm. because... You know, I just like to have a bit of commentary over what yeah. I'm watching. Yeah, Usually defi- cynical commentary. Definitely. I, that's why I always enjoyed most about E3 was watching the press conferences with mm. the giant bomb guys, like, talking over it. It's almost like a mystery science theater type of scenario it where, is. like, you're seeing ridiculous crap happen on stage. Like, God, there's been so many great ones over the year, like Mr. Caffeine, mm. Hoop, Hoop God, um, Jason Derulo's terrible dance performance. Do you know who lowering a car from this the roof. year? Uh, no, w- sorry. What the you know meme who the is? meme is this year? What's the meme this year? The, is Keanu Reeves? Right. Keanu Reeves came out on stage for Cyberpunk 2077. Oh, okay. And yeah, he kind of stole the show there because right. he was just being Keanu Reeves. People really like Keanu Reeves. Yeah. Has he done anything that we should hate him for yet? I'm just. I'm in this point in my life where I'm like, every celebrity that I say I like, I'm like, wait a minute. No, he's even he- touching children. <laughs> like, no. I think, I he's think all right. He's, he's okay. I think he's one of those blokes. We haven't who, cancelled Keanu Reeves yet or anything. Look, Keanu's God. range is a bit limited <laughs> yeah. to what, you know, to Neo and Bill from Bill and Ted's or okay. Ted from Bill and Ted's. I can't remember which one he is off the top of my it's head. It just says whoa a lot, right? Yeah. And whoa. <laughs> and I think it's his off air actions yeah. that he does. And like he's, you know, big into charity and does a lot of cool, cool People stuff. People seem to see him yeah. as a very nice guy, but I'm just wondering. Is there another side? Is there is there a dark mirror? I just don't pay attention to the media, so I'm just no, wondering if anything's. No, I, th- I think I think he's pretty genuine, okay. cool. and I All think, right. you know, I <laughs> I don't want to sort of as like, an actor, like mm-hmm. I do like a lot of the stuff he's in, mm. but that doesn't necessarily mean he is the greatest actor ever. If you know what I mean, yeah. he's just he's he's great for the stuff that he's great in. I'm sorry, but you can and even you can even hear from my the weird fear I have about that. Just shows you the sign. It's a sign yeah, of the times that we're it really living. is. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Anyway, please continue. Keanu Reeves. Keanu Reeves, and yeah, he walked out on stage and for one of the press conferences, uh, and had you know it was a big laugh, and you know he pointed at the audience, and someone said breath. He's breathtaking, and pointed back, and possibly said something like, "I'm breathtaking. You are breathtaking too." Or I can't, I can't remember. It was just a, one of those funny things of just like Keanu coming out and cheesing it up mm-hmm. a lot just by being Keanu. So is he in the game? Yeah. Okay. Yeah, he's in there. Like they, they showed a, like at the very end of the trailer, they showed a guy who looked exactly like uh-huh. Keanu Reeves and awesome. spoke like Keanu Reeves. <laughs> and then Keanu Reeves came out. So we're, well, that looks exactly like Keanu. Oh, it is Keanu Reeves. Okay. Of course it is. Because, you know, why, why wouldn't you? Steam you is very interested in getting me to pre-order that game. And yeah, I, I noticed not, that. I ref- Fuse to pre-order anything. I know. I yeah. never pre-order anything. It looks good. I'm interested in it. Yeah. It's up my alley in a major way. But I will wait until it is released. Thank you, Steam. Fair enough, too. Mm. Fair enough, too. So, look, the Nintendo press conference was probably the one that I was the most 
most interested in. Oh, yeah. Do they do a little video thing, like a live stream thing? Yeah, yeah, it was a direct. It was basically a direct. And, you know, they announced a couple more Smash characters, which was this kind of funny thing of one for Japan and one for the West. So they announced um, the hero from Dragon Quest XI, okay. and his sub-characters are all, like, previous Dragon Quest characters, um, 3D models and whatnot. And I reckon Japan went wild over that. Mm. In the West, we kind of went, huh? What the hell is Dragon Quest? Because yeah. it's just not that popular over here. Dragon Quest? Yeah, yeah, I mean, only... People do pretty, know what it is. People do know what it is, but you have to be proper proper into RPGs. Yeah, I, I knew the hero from Dragon Quest XI because mm. I watched my wife play Dragon Quest XI in Japanese mm. on the PS4. You're very familiar with this franchise. Oh, I am pretty familiar with it, yeah. I lived in Japan. I know it's a big deal over there. Is Dragon Quest... It's kind like, of like a cult Is it like in pro- Is it as big as fa- Final Fantasy is? Or is it like... So Dragon Quest is the game where they asked the company to release it on a Saturday, not on a weekday, because too many people were skipping school and work to go wow. buy it and play it, you know, and there were always like not enough copies to go around That's and so stuff funny. like that. Yeah. So yeah, it is it's probably a bit bigger than Final Fantasy in Japan, in Japan but or probably on the same level now. But in the but worldwide it's it's not it's not doesn't nowhere have the same near, reach. Nowhere near as, yeah. as, as popular as I've Final s- Fantasy. I've seen them around. I've seen I wanna say that yeah, I've the, seen the discs. blue like kind of like borbus slime. Mm. That's uh Oh, a little ball with a little bouncing. It bounces up and down or something. Like yeah, that. yeah, yeah. So the slime is uh, like the mascot oh, okay. for uh, Dragon Quest. Dragon Quest. I wonder what I played one. Anyway, who knows? Not me. I have They're very grindy them. RPGs. Very, they are JRPGs. It's like, like traditional ass JRPG. Yeah. yeah. You know, and they were around before Final Fantasy was, I think. Okay. I think. Mm, and I and know. also yeah. the Dragon Quest guy is the character designer for all of the characters in those games. Okay, all right. Toyama, or whatever his name is. Um, so then they announced uh, Banjo-Kazooie. So nobody in Japan knows who Banjo-Kazooie is, and yeah. everyone in the West went nuts for it. So well, they had a good... People of the right age group. People who were like a kid when the N64 was out would be like, yay, yeah. Banjo-Kazooie. Oh, Banjo-Kazooie Nuts and Bolts was a popular Look, game on the yeah, 360 fact, as well. In fact, sort of t- steal attention away from you, but I've, I've been playing that at my girlfriend's house. Oh, nice. Nuts and Bolts, yeah. Um, yeah. Is it as good as everyone says it is? It's fun, yeah. Like, it's not... It's, it's, it's a very unusual Banjo-Kazooie game. And I think my girlfriend was low-key disappointed that it wasn't like an actual 3D platformer, you know? Because she's familiar with Banjo-Kazooie, but, like, the more traditional... She grew like, up with the N64. Yeah, like, you jump, and then the bird flaps his wings, and you can float or whatever. Like, yeah. that's what she's used to. Not this, like, this is like a crafting this, like, game, I'm, I'm driving around a weird car and running things over in it and, like, yeah. doing, like, races and things. It's it's a very unusual game, yeah. yeah. Okay. Um, Look, I, I think it's good that they added those two characters, that, like, one kind of for the West and one kind of for Japan, because, mm. I don't know, that kind of works for me. Sure. Uh, but I don't really... I do have a lot of the other Smash games, and I like playing them. Yes. But I only like playing them when everything is unlocked. Right. <laughs> and just kind of like a big sandbox mode with the characters. You'd rather play someone else's Smash game. Yes, yeah. yes. That is exactly right, because mm. I always want to unlock Rob, the robot. Sure. And he's always like, for whatever reason, one of the last characters, even mm. if it's randomized, I always seem to like, you know, I can never unlock you, him Is Rob enough. your main? He is my main. He's my main in Smash. Yeah. I just like the way he looks. I like the way he controls. I like the little like LED that fires a laser beam out of his head. 
There's just something about him that's mm-hmm. that, that kind of very Johnny Five-esque sort of thing. I can thing. see why it's up your alley. Yeah. It's that retro robot thing. It's very you. It is yeah. very me. Yeah, yeah. yeah. So yeah. he's my main. And, uh, you know, I, I just enjoy playing with him. So, I don't know. Like, I really like the look of the new Smash. Uh, but I just don't want to have to play through all of that game to unlock all the characters. <laughs> but... Um, the one that really excited me, like I was looking at this going, yeah, okay, yeah, these are great games, you know, solid stuff is, is on the horizon. They showed a whole lot of uh, uh, indie, or nindies as they call them, mm-hmm. titles on the horizon and some, and like even the new Doom, there's a new Doom, mm-hmm. and the new Wolfenstein are going to come to Switch. Switch. Cool. Yeah, as well, okay. you know. Fascinating. So, you know, yeah, more power to them. Uh, I probably wouldn't want to play those on the Switch, frankly. No. I would uh, certainly would be playing on those on the PC if my PC could even handle it. I think you can handle the old Doom, but as for the new one, I don't know. Yeah. yeah. Mm. I could handle the old Doom. I did play it on the computer. Mm. Mm. Um, but the one I was super excited about was the one, of course, they showed at the very end and only showed about 10 seconds of footage, which was probably not actual gameplay footage. Is this footage. what I'm thinking? Zelda oh. Breath of the Wild 2 Ooh. they actually announced it as a sequel to Breath of the Wild that's unusual is, yeah because usually they just kind of reset the continuity they call it something else like Princess Evening Prison oh look when it comes out I'm sure that they'll have a new subtitle for it mm. but that being said it is still a it's obviously meant to be a sequel in the same universe and same timeline as Breath of the well, Wild 1 that's great because that game is really good yeah it is a fantastic game so that's probably not going to come out for like another two or three years but still but, it's exciting you know I'll, yeah. I'll, I'm happy to wait I'm very yeah, patient you had a, with you that had kind of a very good time with that first one and I'm, I really I'm still like honestly I'm still thinking about buying the Switch and the only real like the major reason is is, is to get that game so well, I could just lend you my copy to be could. completely honest you Like, could. so you wouldn't even have to play the game I could just lend you my copy for a while because I don't think I, the next time I play Breath of the Wild I'm going to mm. play it on the Wii U mm. because I got the Wii U version as well and uh. I kind of want to do a bit of a comparison and see what it's like playing okay. it on the Wii U well, as well if I get into a gaming lull where I don't have much to play I might I might hit you up for that yeah but because, you have to buy a Switch first well that's what's frustrating because <laughs> like Joanna like the house she's moved into they have a Switch uh-huh. and they've got Breath of the Wild and I'm Ooh. like oh, Joe you play that game but um, <laughs> I'm kind of encouraging her to play a lot of games at the moment I need to sort of well it is literally a hundred hour game a hundred yeah. hour plus game it's a huge so you will lose you, your life yeah yeah you will like mm. I, the only reason I was able to play it was because my wife and, and child were over in Japan at the time it was the perfect time it was it was a very good time to play through that game when I was a lonely poor little AC lonely in Australia <laughs> So, yeah, other than that, like, I've just been fiddling around with some, like, Game Boy stuff. Very, very idle, though. Mm. I did actually pick up a game today, which I kind of want to play. Okay. Uh, which is Aladdin oh. for the Super Famicom. Oh, so cool. So, the Capcom version for the Nintendo, the Super Nintendo. Right. Uh, I got it very cheap because in... You know, because nobody has a Super Famicom in Australia mm. except me, of yeah, course. Yeah. You know, so... They got this uh, this game, which is not compatible with the rest of the Super Nintendos. Mm. I bought it because I have a Super Famicom. Mm-hmm. Uh, and I already have the um, Mega Drive version yeah. of Aladdin. I really like that version. And there is a kind of a big wall of people because those they're similar, but they are two different games. Oh, okay. I was going to ask you whether companies. they're different, yeah. Yeah, I think one's Virgin. Uh, the Mega Drive one I want to say is made by Virgin, and the Super Famicom version or Super Nintendo version is made by Capcom. Interesting. So 
a lot of people just say, oh, this one's better or this one's better, um, probably for whatever you grew up with. But I'm happy to give both of them a go, and okay. I really enjoyed the Mega Drive version. Mm. So I'll make a, I'll have a bit of a comparison. I'll play through that for a bit. Disney had a few good platformers in that 16-bit era. They did, and a lot of them were made by Capcom, because yeah. I think Capcom had the Disney license at the time. Did like the Mickey Mouse ones were good, and um, yep, Castle of Illusion. Castle of Illusion. Oh, oh no, but that wasn't Capcom. No, that was something else. Uh. But that was good, and um, there was that one we could play as Mickey and Donald, World of Illusion or something. like yep, that. Yeah, World of Illusion. Yeah, there were a few good ones. Um, Quack Shot, people like. Um, yep, and yeah, and Aladdin, obviously very well, very well loved. Uh, yeah, game, so, so it's it's kind of funny because I always used to think that. That uh, top, you know, movie tie-in games are kind of terrible. Yeah, and usually you'd be right. And you but know. for like one period in our history, like yeah. basically between 1990 and 1995, there were good there versions were some, of those games. There was yeah. some. Like, there was, there was some. a lot of, still a lot of bad ones. Oh, oh yeah, always, always. Uh, were. Like all those um, great Back to the Future games. Oh god, um, I really wanted them to be good, and they were so terrible. Yeah, and like all the, I've never played a good Indiana Jones game in my life, and there've mm. been a bunch of them. Um, there there are some good Indiana Jones games. I'd be interested, but but they're all in Japan. <laughs> no, actually, um, they're the uh, point and click adventure games. Oh, weird! By okay. LucasArts, like I think um, mm. uh, Indiana Jones and the Fate of Atlantis is really good, okay. and a lot of sexual innuendo in that game from memory. Or <laughs> I just heard a lot of clips out of context. Either way, hmm. probably both. But that is definitely worth a look. All right, cool. Because like, because I remember playing through some of that with a mate of mine, and it was it was fun, like really good. Okay, but, you know, I just you, this was twenty bad, years ago. I just so. played a lot of bad platformers, very very bad platformers. So. Yeah, I have some of those bad platformers. None of none of the console games are good. I want to say no. maybe just the PC ones. Yes. Anyway, so the, yeah, we could gripe all day about bad uh, film ports, like oh. you know, film. What do you call, do you call them? Um, licensed, uh, t- games. licensed games. Yeah, thank you. Tie-in games, licensed games. Yeah, thank you. Okay, so what do you? What's been going on in your life? Oh man, um, well, I don't know. I've been works calmed down a little bit, um, so it's been nice to kind of have some some time, I guess, to myself. Mm. Been a lot of traveling though. I've been traveling for work. Joanne has been traveling for work, so we haven't seen each other as much, and that also has sort of facilitated. Well, apart from a bit of sort of you know mopiness, um, it's also meant I have a lot of time to play games. Um, so I have been playing... Oh, there's one game that I, I bought and then forgot that I bought. And then remembered that I bought it, like, last night. God, I've been there. So I won't talk about that game until next week. <laughs> That'll be my, my game to talk about in, in, in a fortnight's time. Um, what I have been playing, though, is an old game that I bought a long time ago and then reinstalled on a whim, which is um, Blood Bowl uh, for the PC. Um, this is a, a, like a PC game par excellence. Like you cannot get it anywhere else. Mm-hmm. Um, so basically, your kind of game is it? Is oh, it strategy? It, no. What it is is it's a it's a faithful recreation. Yep. Of the um, the Games Workshop like board game, and I mean board game literally. Like it has a board, unlike like Warhammer and shit, where it's like a like a war game. This is like a proper board game, um, which is basically like fantasy football, like literally, like it is elves and dwarves and orcs and undead and whatnot. And there's humans too. Um, playing gridiron, playing like a, like a weird, like simple, 
messed up version of, of Gridiron. Where like it's and the violence is really emphasized in the game. Like it's all about how violent the game is and getting injured, like injuring, injuring the other players and stuff yeah. like that. Okay. Um, but it's really good because it it, it recreates <clears throat> very faithfully the the rules of the board game. Like it has the dice rolls. Um, like there's a mode you can pick actually, which is like literally just like this is exactly the board game. So I've been playing in that mode, of course, you know. There's another mode that sort of has a few, like, quality of life changes to sort of make it less... Like, because some of the rules in the board game are, like, kind of harsh, I suppose. Um, but I'm like, no, I want to play... I want to play the game that you I remember. to play a fun version. Because I played this game when I was, like, 12, 13, 14, like, in, in you know, junior high kind of period. So my question is, uh, are you playing against AI or are you playing against someone else? On oh, the it's AI? I mean... I, I wonder whether there may be a scene for this game still, but I'm assuming that you'd have to go to forums and track people down and stuff like oh, that. Oh, okay, yeah. Um, so I've just been playing against the AI, which is fine. The AI is actually pretty good. The AI usually does exactly what you would do if you were them. Oh, okay. Um, like, it exploits the situation as, as well as it could, but then every now and then it'll make, like, a, an error, which is nice. Like, it, it'll, like, do something risky and then, like, fuck up the dice roll and then... Yeah. Because one of the it's a turn-based game, and one of the conceits is that if anything goes wrong during your turn, like if you fumble the ball, or if one of your players like like falls over and injures themselves, your turn ends immediately. And sometimes the AI will do risky things, and like their turn will end very early because they've like kind of stupidly tried something risky early in their turn. Mm. I like the strategy is you do the easy stuff first, and then you do like the harder, the more risky things towards the end of your turn, so that if you if you like fuck it up and it goes to the other guy, it's like, oh, well, I've got all the other stuff done that I wanted to do. Uh, yeah. It's hard to describe this game without seeing it, but it's basically I, like, like miniatures. It's I, a miniatures game. You know? I kind of, I kind of really do appreciate that. Mm. Like, because there is something to be said about mm. having a board game really faithfully recreated. Yes. In a computer game, because mm. I have played the, because uh, I'm a, I really like Carcassonne. Mm. I'm not good at it, but I like playing it. And there was a digital version of Carcassonne. That's right, yeah. And I had it on my. I actually had an iPad at one stage mm. before it. It just drove me to absolute fucking tears because I hate the Apple ecosystem so much. Yeah, yeah. And I used to play um, Carcassonne with like people from you know with my mates in Japan. Elchan being one of them. And you know, it, it's a very slow game because you got to take turns and you got to like, oh yeah, I'm playing this game and, and it's stuff almost like, like a play by mail type thing with that. Almost, like- yeah. Like sometimes it goes really quickly when you know everyone's around, and then mm. it'll just suddenly stop because you know someone's got to do something, and then mm. you just let it sit for a while. Yeah, yeah. But. Yeah, those games which you can play, of course, in real life, but also with other people everywhere over the world is, is really cool. Um, I really enjoyed playing Carcassonne. Mm. Uh, and apparently Settlers of Catan, which I've never played before, is coming to Switch as well. And oh. a, a lot of people are excited about that. That's right. I mean, there's another, like, I know that um, our, our mutual friend, Andrew Hicks, was very fond of the um, the video game version of Ticket to Ride. I, yeah. I'd often see him playing that. Hmm. on steam and it's just a similar thing like if, if a if a developer does the right thing and just recreates the board game really faithfully yeah right down to all the dice rolls and all the stuff and if you love that board game a lot then that is going to be a very satisfying game that will make you very happy to buy yeah and you usually know, it's um, going to be cheaper than buying the actual board game yeah, exactly well, board games really expensive and, and especially i should say that underscore especially for games workshop games because in a games workshop game they'd sell you the board game but then they're also very happy to sell you all the miniatures and all the paint and all the other yeah, extra crap course, that, yeah. you know, um, 
so at a premium too. it's very yeah like games workshop stuff like warhammer and shit is very much like it's a hobby mm. you know like you can't it's not a casual thing like if you invest in one of those games like you're spending hours of your life and lots and lots of money on it yeah so the board the fact that there is a, a faithful video game version of one of those games workshop games is like a great thing for the community because you're saving a lot of money and it's you know it's quite fun like the game's cute it's got that it's got the sort of like tongue-in-cheek sense of like british sense of humor hmm. um people call each other mate a lot you know there's a lot of beer sort of and, and like <laughs> um there's commentators and so when things happen in the game like like you know the game starts with the commentators like talking one's an orc or something and the other one's like a vampire or something like that and they're like and they've got actual voiceovers yeah they've got voiceovers and, oh, and they'll, cool. they'll, as stuff happens in the game mm. they'll they'll commentate on it like this it's pretty limited in terms of the thing like after you play three or four matches you'll start to go oh god I'm hearing the same things over yeah. and over again but like it's still neat that they bothered to do that yeah, I should yeah. mention that there's also a Blood Bowl 2 that came out more recently but from reading reviews and, and looking at like what people are saying about Blood Bowl 2 it's a bit of a step down for people who want to play the single player and want to play like a campaign uh, um, it's much more suited for multiplayer and because I just have no interest in, in playing multiplayer I just got I just reinstalled the original rather than buying the new one fair so, enough and, and when did uh, this game come out like when was it oh I want to say 2008 2009 oh, okay like it's pretty right. old now showing its teeth now but yeah sorry but sorry it, like, you know it's, it's showing its age but um it's still playable obviously yeah absolutely the graphics are fine you know it still looks great um I'm playing an Amazon team at the moment so they're all female <laughs> this, is nice. a, this is a good little story I see um uh I was just trying which team to play, and I was like, oh, "I'll play, check out the Amazons because they all have like dodge, which is a really useful skill. Like they're all very agile. Mm. Typical like video game females. Yeah, right? yeah. I often play females in video Female, games, like, oh, especially in qu- fighting games. They're quick for that and reason. agile. Yeah. Um, so, and there's a whole we can unpack that later, perhaps. But <laughs> uh, the other thing that made me really, that really sold me on them is each team has like logos, right? Like, and they have like a preset, maybe half a dozen or a dozen like logos that you can you can click through and pick one, right? And for the Amazons, I was like flicking through and there's, you know, like a skull and like, you know, feathers and different things. And then there was just a big pair of tits. Oh, God. And it had a lime green background, very reminiscent of the Canberra Raiders, like lime green. Yeah. And I couldn't change that. Like I could change the color of the boobs, but not the background. So I was like, they really want me to have lime green titties. And I was like, you know what? I'm going to pick the lime green boobs logo. So, so I went with that. So my team is called the Canberra Cleavage. <laughs> We've only lost one game. We've- you know what? I gotta. I just gotta stop you there, Robbie. <laughs> yes. I hate that name, and I also really like that name. <laughs> and I uniform- hate myself for liking that and name I, I so made, much. I made our uniforms lime green as well to match, the, <laughs> so we look all you know very much on brand. The man, the, the bad and mm. green, the the titty machine. <laughs> Big, strong breasts from the ACT. The other good thing about this game, AC, and I mean good objectively, is that it has boob physics. <laughs> now, moving on. <laughs> moving on, AC. That, that song I just made up is actually the, the theme to the Camberators. <laughs> I'll look at it memorized. In keeping with the previous few episodes of this show, I have I have um, distilled a good Ruby story to end my little okay. game life segment. Sure. So, another funny thing what Ruby said to me. Uh-huh. Um... So we're driving home from childcare and I asked her, you know, what did you do today at childcare? And she's like, oh, you know, played outside. And I, and I hate when she plays in the sand pit because she gets her feet, oh, God. Her, her shoes get full of sand. Yes. And if you don't know, when you get home, you take her shoes off and sand just goes all over your floor. Yeah. So I was like, did you play in the sand pit? 
And she said, yes. <laughs> I was like, well, did you play? <laughs> and she, I was just curious at this point. Yeah. She goes, I pretended the sandpit was a pie. <laughs> <laughs> oh, and then she goes, and I ate it. Oh. And I was like, you ate the sand? And she's like, yes, very happily. And I'm just like, like internally just screaming, you know. I said to her, you shouldn't eat sand, it's bad. And she goes, it's good for your bones. <laughs> it's literally what came out of her mouth. I'm going to have to fact, fact check that one. I think Robbie... Getting Mythbusters on the phone. It's good for your bones. Where does she come up with this stuff? I really don't I, know. I mean, she, she might not be wrong. <laughs> Probably not, but I don't know. I honestly do I'm not know. Imagining my daughter eating a handful of sand is making me really upset. You and I could probably go on like an infomercial <laughs> to say the benefits. The old people, the benefits of eating our special sand. It's special sand, though. It's from the. It'll help your bones. It's off, from the Dead off Sea. The bye bye. It's from. We're, well, it's it's from um, I don't know Arizona or something. Arizona Sands, Sands. We'll call it Sands. It sounds more fancy. Sands with an S. That, Arizona Sands TM. Okay, yeah, yeah. I I think we could sell it at the mall. You know, possibly in that annoying part of camp, the camper center where people sell you things like oh, that. Oh yeah, like those paintball right, people yes. are like, you gotta play paintball. It's like I'm not going anywhere near you, especially if you have some sort of projectile on you. You freak. We'll sit, sit out, set up shop outside the Aldi. <laughs> Have a little That's desk. exactly where it is. Um, and Please we'll have- eat this bag of sand. It'll help your bones. <laughs> it's good for your bones. Here's here's a testimonial from my three-year-old daughter. She, she knows a lot about bones. Someone's been teaching her. I don't know where she got that from. It's very funny. Like I, it was one of those moments. I just I almost crashed the car laughing. Like just how bad. <laughs> How hilarious that was to me. I don't know. I I reckon elderly Americans would fall for that one. Uh, They sound like the demographic. So you are so right about the sand pit because Mm -hmm. uh, May loves playing in the sand because it's so tactile and like she can pretend that it's anything she wants and she'll come home and her shoes are full of sand. Mm -hmm. And here's the way it goes. You go... She gets home, you empty out her shoe, like her shoes, which are full of sand, and like mm-hmm. literal, like it, it's like a, a waterfall of sand yeah. comes out of the shoe. It's like the scene from Indiana Jones or something. And you have to hold it there for like <laughs> at least three, four, maybe five seconds while yeah. it, just, it just comes cascading out. <laughs> yeah. And then you put on shoes the next day and go, oh, hang on, this is, this is still a little heavy. You tap it a couple of times. More sand. And more sand comes out. <laughs> yeah. And then the week after... She hasn't played in the sandpit. In fact, she hasn't gone to daycare because, you know, we've been down, you know, we've been on a holiday or something. And you yeah. hang on, this is still a bit more sand comes out. <laughs> That's right. I've like, found sand in her backpack and stuff like that as well, weirdly. May will be a 78-year-old woman. Very, you could come out here and, oh, my, my shoe feels a little bit funny today. Oh, there's some sand in it. <laughs> Because for some reason she's still wearing the sound of a two-year-old. The heat death of the universe is going to happen. Everything is going to return to nothing. And then about a hundred years, of there's still going to be a shoe. Just one shoe with lots of sand in it. Floating through space. It's just sand. It will never die. It will never run out of sand. Full to the gills with sand. (laughs) Um, Yeah, so that's my daughter playing in the sand pit and eating... (laughs) Eating. I, I hope I, I don't know how much sand she ate. I'm hoping not much. I'm guessing she was using her imagination. I'm hoping so. I'm hoping so. But you uh, know, on the, on the plus side, strong bones. That's right. Real strong bones. That's right. It's good for what ails you. 
So do you have a, a quiz for me today, Robbie? I do. So if you want, we can roll straight into the we'll quiz. Go, we'll go straight into the quiz. We're on a roll. We're we on are ro- rolling right along. We can't stop now because uh, the... Uh, the Venga bus is coming? That's right, thank you. Thank you for saving me. I was going to say the roof is on fire. No, wait, no, no, that's not how it works. Well, it could. We don't it need no be. water. Let this mf burn. We, we can swear on this podcast. This dirty bastard burn. Oh, come on. You stupid motherfucker. Okay, so what's this quiz about? Uh, this quiz... Because I didn't, I didn't even know... I was kind of hoping I'd catch you out. Mm. I didn't know if you'd actually done a quiz or not. I so. had done a quiz. I did a quiz. You did a quiz. Right. I did one. What are you uh, quizzing me about today? Well, you know, I was... Quizinator 3000. As I played Bit Blaster, it got me thinking about the inspirations for Bit Blaster. And I thought it might be fun for me, not you, to research um, the original arcade game uh, Asteroids and do an Asteroids quiz. Okay. So we're going to do a quiz about Asteroids. Oh, boy. Um, which is, like, I think, really a big inspiration for Bit Blaster. But it's also just an important game in the history of games. And it you is. ought to know about it. And if you don't know about it, you're an idiot. And you've got to listen up. It's a vector-based graphics game. Yes. It, I mean, the thing is that the CRT used for Asteroids mm. is inherently interesting because it is vector-based. That's right. And w- they use different CRTs and different technology mm. in them. You know, this is back when Atari was just... You know, flinging stuff to the wall and seeing what would stick. Mm. Well, don't say too much because you might start answering these okay. questions. Okay, all right, all right, all right. Um, but I will say one thing that is not related to this quiz, which is that I read that they were thinking of making it a pixel game, just like, you know, origi- like to make it like pixel graphics. Yeah. But they decided the vectors would be better because it allows more pinpoint accuracy with the shooting. It does, yeah. Um, so that's interesting, isn't it? Mm. Uh, yeah, so Asteroids Quiz, 10 questions, um, no particular format. Some are just, you know, give me the answers. Some are multiple choice. Mm-hmm. You know, it's a, it's a mixed bag of asteroidy goodness. Asteroidy goodness. Okay, question number one. I think they start out easier and they get a bit harder, but we'll okay. see. Well, actually, I don't, I don't know. All right, question number one. What year did asteroids come? I knew come? this would be the first question. Yeah. yeah. And I was almost tempted to look at my phone because yeah, I'm not yeah. actually sure. Of I always ask year. this. I always ask this. That's a good question. Uh, I'm guessing 78 or 79. You know, I'll pay it for 79. I'll pay you. Okay. Yeah. Because, like, you know, well, these are hard questions. Like, guessing a year. It's like asking, it's like, what number am I I knew it was of? the late 70s. I, I knew yeah. I could pinpoint it down. There's this weird sort of thing where things just weren't recorded in history back then. Yeah. They, things sometimes, were just kind of released. Yeah, trying to find. Sometimes I, limited. At some, when I was doing the old Simpsons vs. SimCity mm. quiz. I, I love that quiz. Sometimes frustrated me because I'd I'd look up the, the time that a game was released and it wouldn't give me the month, just the year. Yeah, and so I couldn't couldn't use it. Um, it's it's yeah. really hard to tell sometimes. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Um, okay. Question two: What is the nationality of the designers of asteroids? Where do they come from? Which country? Mm. So probably not America. I mean, it could be a trick question. It could just be America, but I want to say, I don't know, not Canada. Maybe, I don't know. I'm just trying to think. Uh, German. They were German. Definitely German. Uh, America. Damn it. Ah! <laughs> really? Sorry. I thought that was a trick question. No, I thought it was really easy, so, I just, you know. Yeah. No, I just, hey. because that was where I thought they would have originated. A lot of these old games came from Japan and shit, but a- a- Asteroids is... As American as apple pie. Well, that's the thing. Like, I knew it didn't come from Japan. Mm. I knew that. So, but I thought saying America was too obvious because yeah. Atari is American. So I thought, oh, well, did sometimes they I some uh, stuff. So. Sometimes mm. I give you a, a lo- I give you a softball. Yeah, like this one. I overthink it. I overthought that. This is a very softball. This mm-hmm. is the squishiest, softest ball. Okay. 
Uh, let's not think dwell on that too much. Question three: Which company developed and published asteroids? Atari. Atari. There you go. Okay, that is a that is a that is a pretty soft testicle. Mm-hmm. <laughs> hey, a I low testicle. Hey, I never said what kind of balls they were. <laughs> I never specified the ball type. Okay. <laughs> Let it be known. Uh, question four: Asteroids was only. Okay, this is the original asteroids. Yeah. Asteroids. Ass asteroids. Yep was only ever ported to three home consoles, all owned by Atari. Or, let's say, three computer systems. Let's make it broader. Okay. Because I'm not sure whether these are computers or not. There's only three. Okay. Uh, can you name all of them? I can... Atari. Okay, Atari 2600. Correct. Atari 7800, because it was the built-in game. Correct. The Atari 400... or no, the Atari ST, I want to say, because it's backwards compatible with the... What I have here is... And you can tell me if I'm wrong. Yeah. The Atari 8-bit? That might be the 400. Hmm. Is, that, is, there, is there another name for it? Look, there, there were actually a couple of uh, computers released by Atari, and some of them were actually backwards compatible or just compatible with the 2600. 8-bit family. Atari 800. The Atari, yeah, it's the Atari 800. 400. The successor was the Atari ST. Yeah. So this okay. is not the Atari ST. This is the thing before that. Okay. Okay. So did I get that wrong or right? I think or? you got it wrong. Did you say the 800 at any point? Or the 400? I said the 400 slash 800, I think. Yeah, well, there, I'll pay that. Yeah. Um, I'll or, pay that. Yeah. I mean, uh, all I really did was name a whole bunch of Atari computers. The yeah. Atari ST was basically their equivalent of like a 16-bit computer, I think. Maybe, was it 32-bit by the They're time it came of, out? It's kind of reminiscent of a... Um, kind of an Amiga yeah, Commodore like, era. The, that's, the, that's the 800 looks like a little weird c64 type of deal yeah that was i want to say it was an 8-bit mm. um yeah the, the atari 400 800 liner are kind of interesting in the fact that they they'd split off from the rest like there was an atari home division and atari kind of like arcade division mm. Mm. and because the company had been split in half but they were both called atari okay. and the atari computers did well for a while mm. like they did pretty well yeah uh but of course the the market got saturated after a while and yeah. there were winners for a while and atari in the end wasn't one of them and then after that there weren't really even those winners left yeah the crash took a lot of people down with it yeah, um, and this was the PC crash, like you know, because mm. IBM compatibles became the norm after a while. Well, that's right. Yeah, I mean, this is what happens with tech sometimes: is that you need the homogeneity is actually helpful. Yeah, like in some way, a monopoly is helpful because it means that everyone can get on the same standard and s- start sharing and collaborating and and being creative. Yeah, without this weird like disparate user base, you know. Um, so monopolies, they're good. <laughs> that's my conclusion. capitalism. Capitalism. All right. Question number five. Yeah. How many lives do you start with in asteroids? Two. Three. Ah. Close. I thought it was a trick question. Close. Why do I keep thinking they're trick questions when I think, you know. Yeah. In fact, yeah. this is probably one of the less tricky quizzes I've done. Um, I, I I'm keep, keep thinking too deeply about these yeah, questions. You know, yeah. I keep thinking that tricks but they're not just think just say what you think the answer is rather than what, yeah. I'm, what I'm trying to make you do okay yeah. alright I'll try to do that from now on um, question six multiple choice okay how many points do you have to score to get an extra life in asteroids A a thousand B ten thousand C twenty thousand ten thousand correct 
key rep. Ten thousand is the traditional. You get a life number. I yeah, think. it's kind of it's weird. It's kind of pinball scoring. You know, mm. there's like multipliers and it keeps going up, and you, you need to look like you're doing well, so they just add big numbers. Yeah, old arcade trick. And that's what they had to do in Final Fantasy and stuff, where it's like you know when you hit someone, you don't just want to do two damage. You want to do 200 damage, even yeah. if you just started playing the game like two minutes ago. You want to see that big number. You know? Yeah, exactly. Uh, it's yeah. silly, but that's the way people do it. It's psycholo- psycholo- bleh, psychology something. Numbers. Psychological triagonal? That's right. Tri- <laughs> it's tri- triangonal. <laughs> Psychological. I said uh, that word so many times, I don't even know which uh, word was the real one. I'm going to start saying that now. It's anyway. Uh, question number seven. What is the maximum score that you can achieve in asteroids? This is tricky. This is really hard. Okay. I'm sorry. I know it's all right. Uh, I I'm, just realised how I'm hard that is. Going to say, if you can get it right within, let's say, ten thousand. Ten thousand. Okay. On either side, I'll pay it to you. I'm going to say six hundred and. 60,000 points. Uh, no, it's actually a lot less than that. 99,990. Oh, okay. And then at that point, it ticks over and goes back to zero. Oh, okay. Um, okay, so the, the, the RAM inside couldn't count yeah. above that. So you, have to just, so you have to just keep score. So there were like these ridiculous mm. asteroid scores, like huge asteroid scores, but it's just someone there going, like, okay, they go up to You've there. ticked over. Yeah. And then you just keep adding. Yeah. Um, question eight, true or false? A bug in the game allows players to collect as many extra lives as they like, up to a total of 250, at which point the game crashes. That... This is one of those things that sounds like it could be true due to the limit, the hardware limitations at the time. Mm. Uh, that Something that just probably wasn't programmed in and probably no one would last no one that long. No one you would get that many lives. Yeah, mm-hmm. and then... Of course, the RAM can only hold, uh, you know, so much information before it just crashes mm. the game, just like the the um, Pac-Man kill screen. Yeah. Look, I I want to say it's true, even though it might not be true, but I'm going to say true. Uh, true. You're right. Cool. That is true. If you get 251 lives, game over. But if you get heaps and heaps of points, you can just keep going. Cool. Interesting. Uh, question nine. True or false? Yeah. Gamers discovered an exploit in Asteroids where lurking near the edge of the screen... And remember, in Asteroids, you can flip from one side of the screen to the other? Yep. Uh, lurking near the edge of the screen allowed you to be nearly immune to attacks from the flying saucers after arcade owners began to complain about lost revenue from the exploit, Atari released a patched memory chip to address the design flaw. A patch? Well, patch might be the wrong word, but an updated memory chip. Look... This is one again one of those things that it sounds like it might be true. Mm. Um, like a patch in those days would literally be resoldering a chip it's onto like, the board. It's like onto sending the out things to the owners. Basically, they yeah. probably have to send out a, a technician and a chip to resolder the chip, or mm. a few chips in the memory, or just replacing the board. This isn't like a jammer board back then. No, it's different. It's a very, very different system. Mm. I mean, there are several boards all working in in unison, and plus the fact that this is um, a vector-based screen as well. So that's probably another complication, which just doesn't happen anymore. Mm. Look, I don't think it's true, but I want to say true. You're right, it's true. Okay. It is true. Interesting. It's fascinating. Like <laughs> the owners of the arcade must have noticed kids doing this and got angry and like wrote in. And enough of them, enough of them wrote in that Atari actually went to the expense to, um, well, to yeah, send I mean, out new chips. I mean, that does make sense because yeah. they are 
you know, they, they do buy these things to make revenue. If they stop making revenue, then, you know. Yeah, that's right. Because the whole reason you sell, like, what they were sold on, if you're, like, the owner of, like, you know, AC's Burger Place or whatever. Um, Good great, burger place. Great. Really <laughs> burgers. Look out of the burger places yeah. in Canberra. It's one of the more superior burger places. Um, and, you know, they'd, they'd send you, like, a, like a, a magazine that would have all these ads for, like, arcade games. And it would basically be, like, you can make this much money per week or something. You know, like, on average, you can make this... Yeah. Those kind of representations oh, were yeah, really yeah. like, and you know, they you know, were, you know, arcades were big business in the late seventies and early eighties, yeah. and you know, and, and right through to the nineties to a certain extent. It's a but, great way to. Uh... But the the nature of gaming changed a lot because mm. there were pinball parlors which were very seedy and bars which where the arcades were, mm. and then when arcades hit like a, a critical mass, then mm. they started having their own places which were still a bit seedy, but mm. kids could still go to them, unlike a bar. Yeah, 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 yeah. I I definitely remember. I, it's a sort of a sad thing to think there are kids growing up these days that don't know what arcades are. I mean, they mm. still exist, but they're mainly like those ticket machines and like a couple of like Daytonas and that's it, you know? Yeah, basically. Um, those ticket machines are not a substitute for a proper arcade, I'm sorry. That's true, but they are revenue raisers. Yeah. So. Question 10, last question, AC. Okay. Another true or false? Asteroids was Atari's best-selling arcade machine of all time. <sighs> false. No, true. Really? Yes. 70,000 machines sold. Yeah. I don't, I don't know. I don't know why I thought there would have been the another other one really, later on. Because it's funny because the other really big Atari um, uh, arcades were actually like like s- nowhere near as big a deal as like Space Invaders, which was not an Atari joint. No, no. Um, or um, what was the other really big? Are they cent- so Atari made Centipede. Yep. Uh, and that sold well, but it didn't quite get as popular as Asteroids. And they did something else like Galaxian or something like that, or no, 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 Galaxian or was, was it? Um, did they do? They did something else. Uh, let me look it up actually, because I've got it open. Let me just find out for you. I mean, like Atari made a lot of games, like Breakout was a was a big hit mm. for them back in the day as well. Uh, and Pong, Atari made Pong. I would have thought Pong would have been more popular. Yeah. No. I, I, but, you know, that was at the very beginning of arcade machines. So, really. Yeah. It just says here, there's a couple of... Ref, there's a couple of... Um, no, no. I believe you. I totally believe you. I just find it, yeah. you know, because Atari were pretty prolific in the arcade scene. They definitely were. And, I mean, this game did, like... Apparently, this was a very pop. It was popular enough. This came out after the Space Invaders craze. Yeah. And kind of, like, that craze was dying down. And Asteroids became the new thing. And people stopped playing... Space Invaders to play no Asteroids. Is, yeah. The Asteroids is, is different enough, but it's just the fact that it was such a different form of technology yeah. is what surprises me, I suppose. Yeah, well, I'm thinking of... I'm thinking of um, sorry, I might be thinking of Gravatar. Gravatar. Yeah, no. Yeah, because... Sorry. It is, is not... I was thinking it started with G. I knew yeah. it started with G. That was the one I was thinking of. So there you go. Yes, Atari's biggest hit, um, at least at the arcade. No wonder they ported it to a few systems. That makes sense. So yeah. I... Got six, you got four. Cool. Although, you know, when you think about the the questions and the argy-bargy, it was probably more like five to five, but that's okay. I'll hey, take the win. You know what? I'll give it to you. And, you know, we all learn a little bit, didn't we? I, yeah, I love quizzes about old stuff because, like, as much as me being a retro gamer and mm. I have played a lot of Asteroids in my mm. time, uh, when I was younger on the 2600, which is not a good port. It turns no. Out, uh, I, you know, this is still literally before my time. Mm. You know, Asteroids is, was around like two years before I was even born. So. I mean, like, I'm a bit intimidated making retro game quizzes for you because I'm worried that, like, often it is the case that you know more about the subject than I do. <laughs> but 
Um, I do that because if I ask you about modern games, like it's just this is the guessing game. So it's yeah, like, yeah, yeah. It's you know, it's always good to have a mix anyway. Yeah. So I thought we and that was just fun for me because I like I kind of enjoy reading up about old arcade games. Yeah, so. arcades. Yeah, there's something about there's something very nice about old arcade games. Yeah, I think that's kind of why I was I found Bit Blaster so appealing as well, mm. just because it it just made me it made me feel nostalgic. It's a it is a very nostalgia based game. Mm. So how about you uh, read us what's going on at that dem dare the go, the Gunna go, Geek. The Gunna, Gunna Geek, geek Network. I'm a Gunna, Gunna Geek Network. Sure. I can tell you about the Gunna Geek Network, AC. It's yeah. a network of geeky podcasts. Indeed it is. Uh, and you can hear all about, you know, your favorite uh, comic book show or your comic book actual book mm-hmm. or your videoed games. I love um, games. And there are, there are a whole bunch of different uh, shows on there for your like particular nerdy niche interest. And this one is very niche, AC, but it might be up your particular alley. Mm-hmm. Or maybe you'll hate it because it's up your alley in a way that you don't appreciate. But either way, Gallifrey Public Radio. Oh, yes. I've actually listened to this podcast before, yeah. A weekly podcast that covers all topics in the Doctor Who universe. And there are a lot of topics there. (laughs) It turns out. From episode 50 plus years. I kind of like this. From episode discussions to classic story appreciation, Mm. to comics, conventions, and audio dramas, the GPR staff spares the decades and regenerations with views... From the hardcore enthusiast to the fledgling fan and all points in between. So that sounds fun. You know, if you're into the old Doctor Who or if you're into the new Doctor Who, whatever your flavor. The takes on the old Doctor Who are pretty good, actually. So, <laughs> because I'm, I'm, like, I'm a Tom Baker man myself. Yeah. Um, I, think, I think a lot of people from that, from our generation, if they think of classic Who, that's who they always think of. Yeah, but, you know, I've got, I've got time for the new Doctor Who. Is that fun? That's, yeah, they are. It's good fun, yeah. you know? Just like sort of... I love Doctor Who, just don't, you know, the way, the amount of times he's saved the universe and all the space and time, it's just kind of like, hey, just go with the fun, don't don't think about it too much. Yeah, try not to, like, get too caught up in in the lore and, and the, the backstory. And stuff like that, yeah, just have fun. Yeah, that's what I, I like to think of it as just a bit of a, bit of a laugh. Yeah, exactly. But there, there you go, that's, you can listen to that, that comes out weekly um, nice. on the Gunning Geek Network, along with many other shows, including ours. Okay, and uh, we hope you've enjoyed listening to Game Life Balance Australia, the Australian edition of the Game Life Balance podcast. Uh, Go to GameLifeBalanceAustralia.com and you can follow me on Twitter at ProdTally. I do tweet a lot, although Mm -hmm. not always about games, Mm -hmm. but often, you Mm -hmm. know, often enough. And our official uh, feed, which is dead... Cut it out. <laughs> GLB. I always hate this part okay. of the podcast. Yeah, I know, because I call you out on your shit. That's why you hate it, because I call you motherfucker out. Uh, please give us a positive rating on iTunes and check out our sister show, which you can find the links to on our website. That's right. So thank you very much for listening, and um, I hope you have a triangular day. Night with triangular Space. Put your dick through one. <laughs> <laughs>